Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. All right, welcome everyone to episode 28, the one where there is hope and but. So, wait, where's the I hope your come from? <laughs> I'm going to get there, Brandy. All right, all right. I didn't see hope in the rundown. <laughs> the title of the show. Um, I am your host, Bree Rust, at Breezy Clee, and I'm joined by Miss Brittany Mollis. Hello, Britt. Hi. Oh, at Bird's Eye View. Forgot your handle. It's whatever. Nobody cares. <laughs> and Meredith Kane at MK on Sports. Hi, Mayor. Hello, ladies. All right, you guys. So I already teased this. But the reason there's hope is because there's the possibility of the return of sports. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But I have to kick off with butts. Because, and this is B-U-T-T-S, guys. It's butts. Not if, ands, or butts. Actual butts. So Memorial Day weekend is obviously behind us. And I hope you ladies had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. But there were a couple of things that happened over the weekend regarding butts. And one of them from our fabulous host, Brittany. Brittany, you sent a tweet out yesterday that had everyone talking. I need you to explain the butt splinter. I, <laughs> the butt splinter. Okay. <laughs> First of all, I really contemplated even setting that out. But I thought, you know what? This is so weird and so funny that I have to talk about it. Because why would this happen? So I, I don't know when it happened okay i feel like i went to edgewater on saturday and that was the only time where like my butt could have been exposed to something <laughs> like i wasn't you know i wasn't in the woods were you naked no <laughs> i was on the beach so i just had like a bikini bottom on so i was like okay maybe something something like something crawled in <laughs> Like, oh no. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I woke up on Monday morning and like it hurt. And I was like, what is that? So I got home. It was like the cheek. It was the cheek. It was, it's the cheek, but it's like right by my tailbone. Okay. So I was like, all right, maybe I like bruised my tailbone or something. So, like, you know, it's hard to look, but I managed to like make my way back (laughs) to see what was going on. And it looked like there's, like, a splinter in it. Like, just going straight into it. So I was like, oh, no. How am I supposed to deal with this? This, By the way, this was Memorial Day. So, like, nothing's open. Everything's closed. Right. There's nothing. So I called on my mom. God bless her so much. And I was like, can you... (laughs) Can you please look at my butt to see what is happening? By the way, God bless moms because you you guys never stop being moms. Yes. Ever. Yeah. That is that's so true. Oh my gosh. Like I Yeah. I I'm in my 30s and I still call my mom yep. about yes. everything. Yes. So like Same. she busted out a flashlight. She got the tweezers and she's like trying to get whatever's in there out and I was like 
freaking out because in my mind, I'm like, oh my god, what if there's like a tick or something on my butt? How, like, I'm, I would rather just die than have no. a tick on my butt. So she's like, it's not a tick, it's not a tick, calm down. And she has, you know, the glasses in her mouth. And she's trying to, we, this went on for about a half hour, 40 minutes. Until finally she's like, Britt, we have to go get this removed. Like, I can't do anything else. I said, all right, so, first of all, we went to an urgent care. That was closed. We went to another urgent care. That was closed. So then we roll up to this pediatric urgent care. And I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe they'll just feel sorry enough for me to let me in here. Well, that's not really how it works. Although, when I went in there... (laughs) The guy was like, I said, I know I'm not a, a kid, but I just have a little bit of a problem that I need help with. And he's like, well, are you 21? And I said, well, no, that's very nice of you, but no, I'm not 21. <laughs> so he's like, I'm sorry, we can't help you. I said, man, this is like the third place I've gone to. I don't know where to go. Eventually we went to the emergency room, which I felt stupid about because like, who goes to the emergency room to have a splinter taken out of your butt? You know what I mean? Like it's not an emergency, but I don't know. It could be infected or something. So I eventually we go to St. Joe's, and um, for, there's no one in there. Somebody got on me today on Twitter. They're like, yeah, you I should not that. go to the emergency room for stuff like this, blah, blah, blah. All right, Joe Buckeye, excuse me, sorry. It actually ended up being infected because I have to be on medication now. Yeah. Oh, no. This woman, she <laughs> her name was Brittany. She was a doctor. She was amazing. I loved her. Was, was she like, blonde? Um, she was like... You know, Burnett with, like, highlights. Okay. Yeah, she was, like, my age, too. So, like, she understood what the problem was. And I was like, listen, I have a splinter in my butt. I need help. And she's like, okay, well, you know, take your clothes off, put on the gown, and, like, lay down. I was like, all right. So I lay there. She cut it open. Oh, yeah. Like, they had to numb it and everything. This is not, like, you know, getting tweezers out to, like, die. It It was real. So she got the Novocaine out and numbed it all, cut it open, and she's like, I on, there's, I, I can't find anything. Like, the, if there's a splinter in here, it's like, it's in, in there. And I was like, well, like, what am I supposed to do? And then she asked, she's like, have you been to a dermatologist? Like, that's the only thing I could recommend, because, like, I'm digging around and I can't find anything. If there's something in here, like, you know, a dermatologist can help you with this. I was like, well, yeah, I was there. I said, I was there a couple months ago. <laughs> Remember, guys, I had to get the biopsy done because I had a mole in my butt. And I was yes. like, doctor, I've had so many issues with my butt this year. I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> and, like, of course, there's one person in the emergency room, and he's, like, right next to me. And he's listening to our conversation, and he's laughing because... <laughs> my. And by the way, everything came back with my biopsy fine. I was fine. No, don't worry about that. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I... I got nothing really achieved. Now I'm just on medication and hoping that I don't have some horrible infection. There's still, like, a splinter lodged in my butt somewhere. So that was my Memorial Day. It's a great time. That sounds horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, here's the best part. Let me tell you this part, too. So once I got, you know, the exam and stuff was over, she's like, all right, well, put your clothes back on, and then you have to get a tetanus shot. I was like, all right. So she leaves and she, like, shuts the curtain. And then I immediately get up and I, like, take the the gown off. And this guy, like, he just whips open the curtain. And I'm just standing there naked. (laughs) I'm like, whoa, stop. He's like, 
like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was like, what? Can this day get any more embarrassing? <laughs> it was tragic. So, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, That's so unprofessional, too, on that I doctor know. to just, like, barge in with it. Because, like, I don't think I I've know. ever been at a doctor's office where they don't, like, knock or announce in some way, shape, or form. I know. He just that, open the curtain. And yeah. I'm just, I'm like, they're coming in. Sir. Like, Although at that point, like, I just had my ass in this woman's face for 40 minutes. Like, why did I even care that some dude just so, like, you know, I have no shame anymore. It's all done. (laughs) Yeah. That was my day. Oh, well, Brittany, yeah, there were a lot of butts happening over the weekend. I I don't know if you guys saw, but Tom Brady obviously was in the golf match on Sunday. I saw that. And he split his pants yes. <laughs> after like just going in to retrieve his ball. So like his, I mean, his butt wasn't on full display, but like it was literally just right down the seam of the crack. <laughs> and he also was playing like really poorly. So I feel like that on top of like playing really poorly is not a good look. I, I felt a little bit bad for him, but then also like you won six Super Bowls. So really how bad do I feel? Right. And he has a beautiful wife and children and, He's also, like, really funny. We were watching that on Sunday, and I was like, he's hilarious. <laughs> he is. Remember when he, like, sunk that shot? And then he's like, suck it, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Also, can we talk about, who was it, Phil Mickelson? That's who was playing with him, right? It was Tiger, Phil. Yes. Uh, Peyton I didn't actually watch any of this live. Oh, okay. Well, you know what, guys? I had like I developed a crush on Phil Mickelson watching that. Oh and my god, he has so much. Fox. He has so much Botox though. Like his you face doesn't you move. You couldn't really tell. Like you know, I just saw him from afar, and he had really nice calves for like an older man. <laughs> he did really nice calves. <laughs> he did. I love that. That's like a trait that you noticed. I, it was, right away. It was right in my face. I think that's like, is that like an old dude thing? Because I feel like all old guys just have really shapely calves. I'm very jealous of that. Maybe it's just like a man thing. Yeah. My husband has pretty nice calves. It's not like he like does calf raises all the time. They're just like there. Oh my God. That's like, that's like the favorite leg exercise of bros in the gym. Like they won't do squats. They won't do deadlifts. (laughs) But they'll go and do, like, they'll grab, like, 50-pound dumbbells and then do calf raises. But you wonder if they have, they have calf implants, too, that guys do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, um, do you guys remember, gosh, what was the name of the show? There was a, a documentary series on MTV, True Life. Do you remember yes. that? Yes. That's, that's they, how I know about it, that guy. Yeah. They, they have, yeah, they had that episode on plastic surgery and this guy, like, yeah, this guy got implants in his calves, and mm-hmm. I think the um, the just the genius editor of that episode at the very end when they were talking about his calves, and he was like so excited and so happy about them, and then the, at the end when they put the update, they're like, Joe and his calves are still single. <laughs> it was the greatest. I feel like I vaguely remember that, by the way. But yeah, no, dudes get like calf implants. That's a that is a real thing. It wasn't yeah. just on that one episode on MTV. Um, so guys, first I have to say I I think I fixed the echo. 
So, <gasps> and I, I have to take, I have to take full responsibility because I think it was me. I think I set something up wrong. So I apologize to everyone out there because we were blaming literally everything else, including I was blaming both of you guys. So I'm sorry, but I think I fixed it. Yay. So yay. I feel like I need to retweet our link and be like, hey, you can hear us. Um, but also I was distracted and I, Brittany, like your, your splinter in the butt story, like I felt really bad for you, but also like I just had to laugh because like that is such a you thing to end up that, in the emergency. I'm telling you, that would only bad. happen. That's what my dad said too. He, he tweeted today. He's like, you know, there's not wood within four miles of you on a beach, and of course you end up with a splinter in your ass because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't that happen to me? <laughs> I know it's like, does the wind just blow a splinter and it just like lands? <laughs> like it's like it's like I'm gonna attach right on this girl, like. Brittany. And it's still in there. Out. Like, there's nothing I can do about it. What am I I just have oh one in my God. ass forever. So they they gave you medicine, though, based, like, because of it? Yeah, they gave me, and I have to take antibiotics for it because we don't, like, it was red and it hurt. So they're like, okay, well, you know, oh, whatever's in there is, like, probably infecting it. So we have to give you Ugh. antibiotics to take. So that's, oh, no. oh my God. There's no solution here. I, there wasn't a happy ending here, guys. I'm still. <laughs> I still She's had still to, dealing with it. I had to wake Aww. up this morning Literally and go to work. In the butt. Yeah, I had a tetanus shot, so my whole body hurts today. It's just, oh, I know, I'm done. But I did Man, get well, 2020 this weekend, is so that's good. Yeah, 2020 is rough. And listen, I will just share. I'm not going to go into like my full details, but I had to laugh because when Brittany tweeted that, and we were going back and forth on the rundown today about just butts in general because it was like Britney's butt splinter the Tom Brady like butt pant rip and then like I've been dealing with some butt stuff <laughs> it's not funny but the way you said it is no, funny it's not funny it's not I'm just trying to have humor through all of it but um I tweeted because I had to have a surgery done last week and it was just a routine procedure you guys but it was a colonoscopy so it was like I mean it was like butts galore over the weekend in my household and i just had to ask meredith like i feel like you have to contribute to this like you have a can you tie this in a pretty bow for me i mean unfortunately i don't have any butt stories like no good butt stories other than my cat continually sticking her butt in my face which she just does every morning but like (laughs) that's it i just i sound so sad and lonely right now i'm a cat (laughs) But, well, yeah, I mean, I was just trying to under, like, I was just trying to figure out, like, who had the better Memorial Day weekend when it came to, like, butts. Mm. <laughs> and I feel like, Meredith, because you didn't have any events with butts, it was you. Yeah. So you win. Aw. Well, to be f- you win. So I remember when I was, the very first time I went swimming in Lake Erie, I think I was maybe six or seven. My grandparents brought me and my brother. I think we went to Edgewater. Um... And I got a massive splinter in my foot. Like, it was this big. It was at least two inches. Or it felt like at the time because I was so little and everything is such a big deal when you're little. And I just remember my grandfather with his tweezers and, like, my feet are really sensitive because I'm, like, super ticklish. And he was, like, trying to get it out. And I'm, like, screaming and crying. And he's threatening to take me to the hospital because he's, like, if you don't let me take it out, I'm going to take you to the emergency room. And, like, my parents were on vacation somewhere, which is why we were with my grandparents. It was it was a mess. But eventually – and, it, like, I remember it came out in pieces, too. So, like, Ugh. it didn't just all come out at once. Like, he had to take it out in pieces. But eventually he got it out. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just Lake Erie swimming 
is <laughs> splinter, danger splinters. splinters. Yeah. Do you guys remember that time when I had a piece of glass stuck in my foot? Oh my gosh, Brittany. <laughs> oh yeah, this was two summers ago. It was like, I went to a wedding at the beginning of June, and then um, I was going down to New Orleans two weeks later for my uh, birthday. And it was the night before I was about to leave. And, like, it got to a point where I could not even walk on my foot. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to, like, go to New Orleans because I can't walk anywhere. And I said, I don't know what's going Here's what happened. I was like, this is what I do. Sometimes when I'm at weddings, I get drunk. And then I kick off my shoes because I'm an animal. And <laughs> apparently I stepped on glass. And I didn't know it. There was <laughs> Jenna, friend of the show. She was at my house, and I was like, Jenna, can you please look in my foot to see, because there has to be something in there. Like, it's killing me. She, Because she's such an angel, she had on, like, those, we have those, uh, what are they called? That you put around your head with the flashlights on them? You know what I'm talking about? The head, like the headlights? Yes, yes. She had that on her head, and she got, like, tweezers and, like, glasses, and she's picking at my foot. <laughs> Probably, like, 40 minutes later, she pulled out this tiny little sliver of glass that had been in my foot for two weeks. And I was like, Ugh. oh, my God, I feel so much better. Two weeks. Two weeks? Yes. Yeah. Your skin is just like a magnet, Oh, apparently. my God. I'm a disaster. Things, like, what will get stuck in you next? <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. No one respond to that. Please no one respond to that. <laughs> God, and I you thought I needed to be put into a bubble. Like <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. The Dales aren't. They're not listening. They're not watching. Are they? Actually, yeah, they might be. If this is on here. Periscope and Twitter, we've opened ourselves up. I That's think, true. Maybe. I really want to. I really want to see the Dales on TikTok. Oh, I did a TikTok this weekend. I don't know if you saw it, Bree. You did? Yeah, I did a TikTok. It's not very I, good. I I'm gonna have to go back and watch. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not it's, <laughs> it's not very good at all. Um. But yeah, I did it. I did my first TikTok this weekend. So I'm starting to like, I'm starting to um, understand it a little bit more. And one of my favorite things on it is when people show tutorials of how they make their TikToks. And I'm like, oh my God, this shit is like so complicated. Like it It is, is. it's crazy how complicated it is. And so it's like, not just that, it's insanely impressive how creative people are on that app with like what they come up with. But then it's also just, like, the amount of effort required to make a good TikTok is mind-boggling. And I'm like, we've, like, we've got a bunch of, like, video editors in the making over here or something. So I don't know if I'll ever get famous on TikTok because I just don't have that, like, creative part of my brain. But I don't know. Yeah, it's fun. You can do, like, challenges and stuff. So it's definitely entertaining if you can. Yeah, we should do it. You have have to have time. We'll have to do do we'll have to do TikTok duets because I think I figured out how to do that this weekend. Oh yeah, you have to teach me that. All right, guys. Well, the reason Brittany, while I said that there was hope, is because I think we're getting closer to the return of sports. So I don't know if you guys heard, but today, um, new, both New Jersey and New York governors um, announced that all professional teams can begin training camps. Um, well, obviously following health protocols because that's the time that we're living in. Mm-hmm. So the NFL already last week had made statements saying that teams could open back up their facilities and the Browns have yet to actually come back to the facility. So I wanted to kick this over to you guys. 
number one, when do you guys think we'll see the Browns return? And there's been a lot of speculation out there, and the Dolphins owner actually was stated as saying there will definitely be a season with or without fans. I'm ready to see the Browns come back and be training. What do you guys think? I think for me, I'm going to give it, because we're in the process of everything that's just starting to open back up and people just you know starting to gather together again, I think they're just going to sort of play it by ear. Like if we see a resurgence of coronavirus now that everything's open and people are around each other again and you know some people sort of gave up on the, the mask wearing and social distancing and stuff, you know, if we see the numbers go up, I don't know. I mean, I think that a case could be made that there probably won't be fans in the stands this year. I, yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, if things, you know, mellow out somehow, which I don't know, like, statistically, how can that even happen? You know what I mean? It, we've been locked down now for so long, and that's why it hasn't spread. And I don't want to turn this into, like, a science thing, but, like, just logistically, if you think that, okay, we've all been, like, on lockdown. That's why it hasn't spread to, like, these, you know, ginormous numbers. If we're all out together now, the, it didn't, like, disappear, you know? Like, right. I don't think that it's it, – it can't be avoided, right? There has to be a resurgence. Unless yeah, it's, like, seasonal. I, yeah, it'll be interesting because I haven't there been new studies – again, not to be, like, super scientific, mm-hmm. but – I think there's been studies showing that, like, the sunlight can actually kill the virus. And now they've also shown that it's not living on surfaces as long as they originally thought. Okay. So I do think that is, like, good news because yeah. at first, like, everybody was getting their groceries and their packages being delivered. And they were, like, legit, like, lace-alling them. Yeah. Oh, I still Letting do them that. sit out for 24 hours. I, I, I never that. did that. It's probably why I got coronavirus, <laughs> but I never did that. <laughs> I'm a survivor. Okay. That's right. <laughs> oh my god. You're I not still a do. victim. I to... You're a survivor. <laughs> I went to the grocery store today and I think I went through because I, I bought a lot of food because uh, I'm not planning on going back for another few weeks. I probably used at least like five Lysol wipes to wipe everything down. And I still didn't wipe everything down. Like the stuff that I'm like not going to need for the next few days. I like put in a bag and put aside and I'm like letting it sit to let whatever virus germs on it. Like I am such a germaphobe. So like the fact that, um, you know, like shaking hands is now out of the question, like all the stuff that I was weirded out by to begin with is like now everyone's not doing it. And I'm like, coronavirus is like, it's like a germaphobe's nightmare Yeah. or blessing because I don't like people getting in my personal bubble for one so i like the that six feet away is yeah a thing now i think handshaking is really weird and i hate if i'm in a situation where i have to shake someone's hand and i don't have the ability to immediately wash my hands afterwards mm-hmm. like if i've ever met someone and shook their hand i always find a way to like make an excuse to go to the bathroom or something just to be able to wash my hands like i'm that ridiculous about it so yeah i was yeah. like there are some things that i'm happy that are now standard but at the same time just like the whole idea of you know now I'm like so much more aware of surfaces that people could be touching or um, like I stopped buying loose fruit at the grocery store because I don't know who's touching it and you can't really like you can't lice all the fruit yeah so yeah <laughs> sorry um... I'm crazy in case you guys didn't know I'm a little a uh, little unbalanced Listen, I'm kind of the same way. I don't know why I never wiped down my stuff. I just, like, 
had it in my mindset that it was like that virus like living for that long like while it was going from a delivery truck to a person like I don't know it just never like crossed my mind but I do think the NFL season will happen like I I truly think it'll happen I don't know if there will be fans um, Mm -hmm. but I think like they will do everything in their power to have a season and um, it's funny because the NFL has been the one league that has continued releasing things um Mm -hmm. the draft obviously happened it was different but everything has happened on time for the most part outside of rookie camps and um mini training camps happening like everything has kind of happened and so recently um espn released their 2020 football power index rankings which again it's like we're going through these same motions of like it's gonna the season's gonna start on time the schedule was released preseason games and times have been announced Mm -hmm. Um, and all of the analysts and the media are going through the same motions and saying, well, we're going to keep putting out this content because people are consuming it. That's the other thing. Yes. So I just wanted to go over this with you guys because I thought it was interesting. So in this um, index ranking, ESPN had the Browns going 8-8 eight and eight with a 47% chance for playoffs. Okay. Can we just talk about something that, that <laughs> it will always piss me off when, when anyone does this? When they say yes. eight and eight, why even make a prediction at all? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, take a stand for something, anything. But it's just saying eight and eight. Why do you like? Why are the Browns even playing if they if it doesn't even matter? If eight and eight season means absolutely nothing. So all these people that are like, oh well, you know. After my expert analysis, I think they're going to go eight and eight. Well, that doesn't mean any. You didn't take a stand. You just said, "Well, it doesn't matter if they don't play a game at all this season because eight and eight. You know, that always pisses me off. So, okay, so what would you would say? What what would make it a successful season for you? Would it have to be twelve and four? Okay, so if it's anything Ooh, less, Brittany, if it's anything less than twelve and four, is it not a successful season? No, like nine and seven is a successful season. So <laughs> essentially, not eight and eight. So, so you're saying pretty much anything over five hundred. You're yes, happy. You with. have to because if it's eight and eight, like there's nothing. It's just ground zero. You didn't improve. You didn't get worse. You're just like there. So well, I mean, they kind you, of improved. Like when was the last time the Browns percent better? Yeah, I was about to say when. When was <laughs> last the, year? What was the last time the Browns went five hundred? It's not no two thousand seven. No, it's just it's a scratch. It, it didn't even happen. It's a scratch. That's it. I, I think, Brittany, I feel like what you're maybe almost getting at is, like, the media got burned, or, or the analysts got burned last year yeah. by essentially, like, kind of going out on a limb for the Browns just based on the roster additions. Yeah. There were really only a select few people really questioning the Browns' record, talent, etc. based on – and it was based on the hiring of Freddie Kitchens. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking – there's no way, regardless of which coach you hire for the team last year, I didn't think that there was any chance in hell we would be below 500. Like, I, I thought that that would that actually would be an even bigger feat was to take the team that we had last year and have them be below average, and that's literally exactly what happened. Well, yeah, but because you look, I at, think they that, were like so talented on paper. Yeah, on paper, no you're sense. just like, oh man, this team's stacked. We're gonna be great. Yes. So I think the eight and eight is like essentially trying to cover people's butts by saying like we're not going to go out on a limb here. We don't want to make this crazy bold prediction and then a year from now have essentially the same thing that happened last year. Which I'm fine. Like 
have the Browns fly under the radar. Like, I actually think that is the place that I want the Browns to be, is to be under the radar, no one talking about them. Um, I want to get rid of the hype that surrounds them, outside of us hyping them. Like, we can hype them all they want. I don't want the hype to come (laughs) from, like, these analysts, ESPN, whoever. Like, just fine. I'll take your 8-8 eight and eight record. That's fine. This is great. You know, I would respect a 7-9 and nine prediction. Or a 9-7 prediction. Just don't mm. hit me with an 8-8 eight and eight and act like it's some <laughs> expert like, analysis. Like because that just pisses me <laughs> off. Take a no, stand, damn it. I think that podcast that we did after after the schedule release, Brittany, I think I had the Browns going 8. And when we did the schedule game, I think I did have them going 8-8. Eight and eight. How did you have them going 8-8 eight and eight and I had them going 12-4? and four? Was it? Maybe it was under. Was I there? I don't remember. (laughs) No, you were not there. It was just me and Meredith on um, the orange. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like I was a flat circle. But if you look at the schedule this year, I don't. I mean, I'm okay. Here's my thing. Let me just back up for a second. Again, and I'm I'm just gonna like get this tattooed on my forehead. I think smart people do smart things, guys. So. Ergo, we have the smartest people. We're, we don't, we're not dealing with Freddie Kitchens this year, guys. Oh, my God. We got no. so catfished by him, by the way. He is, like, the king cat. Like, Did we, needs- though? Because I feel like sometimes you just see things that you want. To, like, when you're That's dating true. someone, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's great. I love him. And you're just ignoring things that are eventually going to, you know, get on your nerves. And you're like, mm. But at first, you're just, like, in love. And I think that's what we did with Freddie Kitchen. We just made all these excuses and said, oh, no, it'll be fine. It's great. He's one of us. Oh, whoop-de-hell. But, like, <laughs> really, all of the red flags were right there. We just ignored them. That's, like, my favorite thing. I, I'll, I'm on Reddit when I, when I get bored, and I love going to the um, relationship advice subreddit. And, mm-hmm. like, any time a girl's, like, talking about her, her guy or, or, or vice versa, because it goes both ways. Uh, and they're just, like, talking about all these awful things that their partner does. And then, like, the next thing you know, like, every... There's, like, a thousand comments of just red flags. Like, there's no words. It's just, like, the red flag. <laughs> I feel like that's, like, like us. If we, like, go into the relationship advice subreddit and say, well, my man said he was going to do this. I'm going to be like, dump him, red flag. Red flag. <laughs> They're like, no, no, but he's really great otherwise. He says whoopty hell and he wears <laughs> Cleveland shirts. What let me ask you guys something. What would you if you had to like think of any, do you think uh Stefanski has any red flags? Stefanski? Yeah. Okay, so I actually just read before coming on here, that he has one of the better odds to win coach of the year. Whoa. Yeah, I got to figure out where that came from and where I read that. But it was like, he was like number, he was like number five. Five out of 32. So the Browns go eight and eight and then Kevin Stefanski gets coach of the year. (laughs) If the Browns go eight and eight, my head will explode if the Browns go eight and eight. And Kevin Stefanski wins coach of the year. No, I, okay. So from a red flag standpoint. But were there any red flags on Freddie Kitchens at this point last yes, year, though? Yes, he was not Yes, he only smart. called preseason plays. <laughs> well, no, okay, so, like, we'll, we'll say, you know, what are we in? May? Is it May? So we'll say May of last year. Were there any red flags for Freddie Kitchens in May? 
Because one of the things that I remember, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, is when we got to training camp, there was such a different feel around that team. Like Hugh Jackson would end practice early. Um, you know, it was in the afternoon. The guys would get tired. There's just not a lot of effort. And then all of a sudden, Freddie Kitchens comes in and training camp is now, like the practices are now at 10 o'clock in the morning when he saw something he didn't like. They were running suicides. There were days, there was one day I remember because we were all very cranky that day because it was hot and practice went like an hour later than it was scheduled to because the guys just weren't playing hard. They weren't practicing hard. And then Freddie Kitchens says, no, like we're going to keep doing this until we get it right. And I just remember that being like, oh my God, this is it. This is the savior. We like Baker Mayfield has his guy. Like this is what we're doing. And then we saw like what happened. So that's what I'm trying to figure out was, was there any red flags on Freddie Kitchens during the summer? Cause I know when we got to training camp, it was completely different and like in a positive way. I think in hindsight, we obviously could probably pinpoint a lot of red flags that, that we may now reflect back on. But I think in the moment that's, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Probably not in the moment end of May, early June, we'll be sitting there saying like, wow, like there's nothing, there's nothing that looks to be like a glaring issue. Yeah. But I I think you can rewind now and go back and maybe say, yes, he ran a more regiment training camp, but I don't know if that necessarily was the right thing either because nothing translated on the actual playing field. And there was a lot of questioning of they were out of control there was no discipline I mean we saw that kind of come to fruition in that very first game mm-hmm. so I, I think it's it's really hard to identify right now at this time if there if Kevin Stefanski has any red flags I think obviously those things will all be uncovered once and if we get to the season and also I think one thing that we need to talk about a little bit because it's not just about like Freddie Kitchens you know, we didn't, we bought into what he was selling at the time. The red flags that we should have been paying attention to, I think, is John Dorsey. Yes. It all started from him. So, you know, and we knew his history going into it. You know, he he liked these guys with, you know, sort of sketchy past. He didn't have a problem with taking guys that, you know, may not have had the best character. These were things that he was, like, attracted to. And he sort of wanted to save them all. And, you know, those were very obvious red flags that a lot of us overlooked. And I think he he kind of tried to do the same thing with Freddie Kitchens, where he was like, okay, you know, this guy, I know he doesn't have a lot of experience. He was a running backs coach before he was the offensive coordinator for, like, you know, half a season or whatever. But we're going to put him in charge of this. No one really knew that much about him. He was you know funny he was baker's buddy and that's cool but like does that translate to a good head coach obviously not but you know it all started from the top and i think now because we have such you know organizational alignment we have very smart people very smart football guys all working towards the same goal and they don't seem to be the kind of people that are going to just going to welcome people you know with any kind of disciplinary problems or behavioral problems um doesn't seem like that's their game plan with any of this um so i i think you know john dorsey was a problem i think freddie kitchens was more of like a symptom and now we're we're clean 
we're good to go. Go. We're twelve and four. All right. <laughs> well, and also <laughs> right. to your point, to your point, I love that you brought up the the character because that was. I think that should have been the red flag that we actually did notice because how many times, and I've got the audio somewhere of John Dorsey saying, you know, this is a team of integrity, men of moral character. Like yeah. those are <laughs> phrases that he said exactly while signing Kareem Hunt. Exactly. So, you know, that I think that absolutely should have been the biggest red flag when yes. you, you know, when they come in saying we're looking for integrity, we're looking for men of moral character. Yeah. And then you bring in people with checkered pasts, whether it's with drugs or with domestic violence right. or arrest records. You know, those are, I, I'm sorry, John, those are not men of moral character, no matter what you think. No. So, yeah. I think, Brittany, you nailed it. You, like, hit that nail right on the head with that one. Yeah. It was all Dorsey's yeah. fault, guys. That's what I'm trying <laughs> right. to say. Ipso facto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll die on that hill. <laughs> Um, we're dying on a lot of hills. We are, honestly. The other hill that I will die on is the Nick Chubb hill. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know if you guys have seen him recently, but he's been posting himself working out. Oh, I retweeted and one I know, of those yesterday. Yeah, I know that we all know this, but, like, collectively, I don't think the NFL as a whole knows how much of a beast Nick Chubb is because I like to call him the silent assassin because he's not – he's a very quiet guy. He's not super overt about – how good he is, mm -hmm. which is one of the things I love about him. But I think that he may finally be getting this hype that he definitely deserves and is being set up for a monster year. Yeah. So I am really excited. When you think about what Nick Chubb was able to accomplish last year under a Freddie Kitchens offense that was reckless, um, and, and you have Kevin Stefanski coming in where this is something that I think he succeeds at with really getting the production out of his players and setting them up to perform to the best of what their abilities are. I think Nick Chubb is going to be the number one rusher in the NFL next year. And he almost was this past mm -hmm. year, but I think like 100% he has the ability to step in and do that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's also hard because, like, he didn't get the ball a lot, which is one of the most impressive things because that's one of the things that people were pounding the table for last year was hand the ball to Nick Chubb, hand it to Nick Chubb. Like, that's what everyone wants. That's what everyone still wants. I mean, and obviously we want to see Odell put up big numbers because that's what he does and that's what makes him such an exciting and dynamic player. But when you have someone like Nick Chubb who can, you know, literally just fall and gain four and a half yards, yeah. you know, that's – Hand of the ball a few times and, and and you'll get there. So hopefully, you know, we'll ha hopefully we'll, we'll be much better set up for this like play action scheme that Baker will probably be much better at as well. So, yeah. Also, can I just say something about Nick Chubb? Yes, please. All right. I don't know if you guys saw this today, but somebody asked him, why don't you ever tweet or Instagram? Did you see this? No. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So somebody said, why don't you ever tweet or Instagram? Ask me about social media life. Nick Chubb, the legend. You know what his answer was? You ever seen a Lamborghini commercial? Don't gotta advertise. <laughs> yes. I mean, my heart just exploded. Oh, God. I He's our guy. loved it so much. I have a tear in my eye right now. I mean, I, I literally, I'm, I'm the happiest woman alive. Like, I felt this way at the altar, marrying my. Husband. 
Nick. Oh my god. Is, I feel so, I feel so much. Lamborghini. I feel so much. I I mean, he's amazing. Like that that's exactly what I'm talking about though. Like I just I just love how he stays out of the limelight. Like he doesn't he doesn't post on so like I think the videos were being released by like I don't know if it was his brother, his cousin, whoever it was. Like it wasn't Nick posting yeah. about his workouts. Like he's pretty under the radar when it comes to it. And that's like obviously something that you don't see a lot. Like you see these athletes gloating about their workouts, what they're doing, posting constantly. I mean, he just is solely under the radar. Yeah. And I love that about him. He is magical. Yeah, I think that Magical. yeah, I think what I retweeted it was Zach Chubb. So obviously related, but not quite sure how. And also, I think someone I couldn't count how many plates, but I think someone said it's about six hundred and seventy five pounds. What that he what? Yeah, that he was squatting in that video. And in not just one, he did two and two with good form. Like Oh my god. Six hundred and seventy five yeah. pounds. I mean, that's like three Joe Thomases. That he just squatted twice. I. That's like seven ugh. breeze. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine seven breeze stacked on Nick Chubb's back. That's what he did. He could do it. He could do it. He could probably bicep curl all three of us just like with one arm. I mean, oh. I'd like to see him try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's when I'll be impressed when he's like, what is it called? Bench pressing? What was he doing? Squatting. squatting. He was <laughs> squatting. <laughs> what is it called? I'll be impressed when it's actual humans hanging from the bar. Oh my god. I volunteer, Nick. Oh. We will hang from your weight rack. <laughs> Lift us. Oh man. Okay, guys. Well, in, in other news, it, listen, it seems that the rumor front is still kicking here with Jadavion Clowney, but um, I just saw something earlier today that apparently the Browns are still the front front runners. Um, and this came um, from Charles Robinson. He was from Yahoo Sports on the Pat McAfee show. And it uh, seems like the Browns could still land Clowney. And I don't know how you guys feel about this, but this is one where I feel like this decision isn't going to happen anytime yeah. soon. Um, but... I do find it very interesting because I think from an Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski perspective, like this would obviously be a huge splash in terms of signing a bigger name, but also like going to require a lot of money to nail him down. Mm -hmm. So I think this, this is very, really interesting because Andrew Barry in my mind has had an almost perfect off season yeah. for the most part. No, for sure. Honestly, I'm just going to, I'm tired of hearing about it. Like if I if I, know, I never I had know. to hear about this again, it would be great. Either do it or don't. Again, all I'm saying is take a stand, guys. I'm so tired I, of the, yes the no. middle of everything. Eight and eight. Yes. Well, I think one of the reasons why it's so like everything is rumors right now is because there's literally nothing else going on. Um, but this has been going on for months. Yeah. Like I feel like this yeah. is this has been going on since before. Like lockdown and coronavirus. Well, I, oh my god. Well, it's been going, going on to... longer than coronavirus. <laughs> well, it's probably similar <laughs> to like the Trent Williams situation oh where where they like they want to shop him but they they're not getting the numbers that they want or he's not getting the numbers that he wants. Yeah. So I think that's probably where the hang up is. And I have a feeling that if if Andrew Barry were going to bring him in, I really think he wants to give him the Andrew Barry special. Like, I don't think that any, I don't think Barry wants to <laughs> sign anyone for longer than a year at this point. Cause everything with the Browns is so new. Like the, 
everything is new. The front yeah. office is new. The coaching staff is new. There's a, you know, there's a new, you know, even though we have a lot of returning players on the team, obviously it's still just everything. Like it's, they're starting from square one with everything. So that's why I feel like this hasn't necessarily happened yet because I don't think that Andrew Barry really wants to sign a lot of people long-term. Like obviously when Miles Garrett's contract is up, they'll want to sign him long-term. You know, if Baker lives up to what we expect him to be. They'll want to sign him long-term. Like Nick Chubb will probably get some kind of extension on his contract. So obviously those are, the, and that's probably another reason why Andrew Barry is only signing guys one year at a time is that he's, I think next year is when Miles' contract is up. So I think he wants to have that money. Oh my goodness, my neighbor's dog is going crazy. So I think he wants to, um, he wants to have that capital to be able to pay Miles Garrett because we know that Miles is going to be worth his money. Yeah. So that could also be one of the hangups is that they don't want to spend too much money now because they want to have that capital later because um, I believe Ward, like Ward, Ward's contract, Baker's contract, and I think Nick Chubb's contract will all be up in the same year. So they want to be able to pay those three guys. They want to have the money for Miles will be up the year before that. So, yeah. you know, I think, you know, they're, they're obviously playing chess, which is a good thing. Yeah, I don't disagree. And obviously, like, what's the rush? Like, football hasn't, like, there's nothing going on. So, like, what's what's the rush on either end? Like, there's no point in rushing into things. Yeah. Like, we've, we've all got time. We've all got time. <laughs> Plenty of time in quarantine. <laughs> we're going to wrap up the wrap up the NFL chat pretty quickly. But there were two other things that, that happened. I mean, we went, like, two weeks without, like, having anything to talk about sports related. And then, for whatever reason, this past week, there were so many things that happened. But... The Browns did announce a an all-in fundraiser benefiting the COVID crisis. And I did just want to touch on this quickly because I thought it was pretty cool. But they announced um, if you donate, there's two things. There's an auction and then there's a donation piece of it. But the winner essentially will get a chance to call 15 plays in a preseason game. <laughs> they get to attend the team dinner, lead the team out of the tunnel, attend the coin toss, be on the sideline. Like, there's a lot of really cool benefits to winning this thing. And I had to ask you guys, first – have you entered second what would be your approach here like what play calls would you make Brittany listen you go I'm not play I'm not play (laughs) call girl all right (laughs) that's really not my strong suit here I feel like you would have a a a big opinion on this I don't have a like when it comes to play calling and the fundamentals of actual sports I am worthless let me just say that (laughs) and maybe I shouldn't admit that on a sports podcast but I think at this point, people understand that about me. Like, I'm just here to make humorous remarks. Or you're you know. about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's, right? Ooh, I like that. Weird. <laughs> I, I unfortunately I can't take claim to it, but yeah. No, I like that. Um, no, but do I think it's a preseason game, so that's fine. Um, you know, whatever. It's a it's a good it's for a good cause. I think it's kind of fun. I would be terrible at this, so I absolutely would not enter. Even for preseason, that would never happen. Um, also, I'm what? What is it going for? Like thousands of dollars? Um, I think within like an hour of them announcing it, it was the auction was up to like five thousand dollars. Oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! Did they? Is there a winner yet? I don't think so. No, I don't know how long it's going to go on, but yeah, I mean, people are you know. People are going for it, which is awesome. Shelling out the cash. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since it's for a good cause. But I I told you the play that I would do. Um, I would have Baker 
throw the ball between his legs, granny style. Like, you know, when you go bowling and you roll it between your legs? <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's what he would do. He would pitch the ball between his legs. Jarvis would do a backflip into the end zone, and then Odell Beckham Jr. would get everybody coffee. You would a, get your I money's worth. I... <laughs> <laughs> and that's the play that I'm calling. I mean, none of the starters would even be playing at this point, right? So, like, yeah. are you calling, like, you're calling the plays for guys that may not make the team, right, essentially. And, like, yeah. I don't know if I want that pressure. Like, what Like what if I call a play and, like, these guys, like, they're, they they're fail. And then they the don't line, make the yeah. team. Like, they're, yeah, they're like, playing for their life. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of, like, stress that I just don't need. But also, like, I want to write myself into a play. Yes. <laughs> you could do it. Bree, I believe it. You put on those orange pants, suit up, take that field. So you know what Brie would do? She would run through the legs of the defenders. That's right. I mean, yeah. Because yeah. she's so much smaller than, than all of them. I just want to be, like, picked up and thrown. Like, just, like, launch me. Just launch so you hold me. the ball. So, so you're holding the ball. Baker grabs you and just kind of, like, tosses you over to OBJ. Or he can hand, be the ball. So he can hand you to Nick Chubb because we, can, we know we that... You know, that, that Nick Chubb picking you up would be like any one of us picking up a paperclip. Yes, yes, so. yes. I mean, th- this actually, this conversation reminds me, though, um, Meredith, I think you wrote this in the show notes. Last night, Joe Thomas was in the Titan games. And speaking of making something look extremely easy, that actually was incredibly hard. Um, leave it to Joe Thomas. I, I watched the clip um, today. I didn't watch it live last night. But in Titan games... He had to do, like, just, I guess, Titan things. I don't know how to explain it. Like, he was doing, like, Titan things. Titan things. It was ridiculous. He, yeah. He retweeted it and commented on how he was, like, almost, like, blacking in and out. Yeah. Um, because he was, like, that dead tired. And it's crazy because if you go back and watch the clip, he just looks like it's just his everyday life. He does this all the time. Yeah. Well, that whole obstacle course was four minutes long so not only is it endurance it's it's strength because the things that he and his opponent were lifting were hundreds of pounds so when you think about it so like when you look at nick chubb's video of him working out he's squatting 675 pounds but he's doing it for two reps whereas joe thomas they're giving joe thomas this log that weighs 200 pounds and saying okay sprint with this across the arena so it's a combination of like both strength and endurance um, and I've, I didn't, I stopped watching the Titans games cause I didn't realize that it was still on, but when it first premiered, I was watching it like clockwork every week because it was kind of like, um, it reminded me of American Ninja Warrior and I love that show. Yeah. So it reminded me a lot of that. And I was actually like, I was disappointed that I didn't realize Joe was on it. Otherwise I would have tuned in, but yeah, I watched the clip today too. Um, I'm really happy that he won. And I said this before the show and I'll say it now. One of the things <laughs> I, okay. So I love the rock. We'll put that out there. Like, he is... I like him, too. I absolutely adore him. I think he's awesome and incredible. But towards the end of of the race, he's like, this is what the Titan Games are all about. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And I'm like, <laughs> Joe Thomas is not ordinary. If you think... No. If you think that one of the greatest left tackles in the history of the NFL is ordinary we need to have some words right 
But I thought it was like the guy he was like against that was supposed to be ordinary. Yeah. So like, is it? I wasn't like quite getting the concept of like the ordinary guy because it's ordinary people against like extraordinary, no. like professional athletes essentially. Well, is that what? Because like when I used so when I watched it when it first premiered, it was it it was guys like Joe Thomas's op uh, opponent where it was people who were like firefighters. There was one episode where um, like one of the girls was like a scientist. The other one was a teacher and they were going up against each other. So that's why I was so surprised to see Joe in it because normally they don't have professional athletes or former professional athletes doing it. It's, it, it really is like normal everyday people that just really, really take care of themselves and train really hard to do these kinds of things. So I don't know if they've changed the premise or not, but yeah, I was very, I was surprised to see Joe in it for that reason. And then secondly, the fact that Iraq said that it was ordinary people. I'm not going to, I'm not, I am not going to get over that. It, it upset me so much. You'd be like, um, excuse me, Dwayne Johnson, one of you two made it to the NFL and the other did not. Oh, snap. And I love The Rock. He was my first crush when I was just a little girl. Um, but no, also like ordinary, the guy he was going against, I think he was like a firefighter, right? He's a yeah. firefighter, so like, yeah. He's not, he's not ordinary either. Like, firefighters are awesome. I can never yeah. do what a firefighter yeah. does. Like, come on. So, bad move yeah. by Rock. Did not like that. All right, guys. We've got a couple of other sport things to wrap up, and we're going we're gonna to move into the other leagues. So, a couple of things have happened um, outside of the NFL, and um, one of the big ones that's happening this week is the NBA. And all signs are point pointing to a return at the end of June, early July. And I believe this would happen in Walt Disney in Florida at a complex. Um, There's still not, not word yet if a regular season would actually continue or if they would go straight to the playoffs here. There's a meeting on Friday to determine the next steps here. Just an interesting one, though, because, like, what do you do if you're, like, the Cavs? Where, like, if you if your season comes back again, like, you're playing for nothing. Like, what is the point of that? Right. So I was struggling with this here, and I know that the NHL actually um, canceled the rest of the regular season and went right to playoff format. I think the NBA should honestly follow suit here. Yes, absolutely. Because how do you, like, just, you know, how do you get – they're professional athletes, like they're competitors. Yeah. What are you competing for if you know that, like, you know, you won 19 games? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to run the risk of injury either because yeah. that's another thing right. is that they're not going to go in and just, you know, play street ball. They're going to play professional basketball. And with any professional sport, you run the risk of injury. And so I yeah. think that's something, especially having all this time off. Mm -hmm. You know, where, I mean, obviously yeah. they were, you know, they're working out on their own, but it's never the same as, you know, working out with your strength coach in your facilities, right. you know, and, and having your nutritionist and your, your teammates pushing you and all that. So, I mean, there's just, there's only so much that you can do on your own. So they run that risk. The only reason I think that they would try to squeeze in the rest of the regular season is because of their TV contracts. Um, so for like the regional sports networks, they're the contracts state like you have to have X number of games on our broadcasts in order to honor your contract, which is where the money comes from. So I think that would be the only reason why they would try to play out the rest of the season is to try and make sure that because if they don't, they have to give back millions of dollars to yeah. to these TV um, to these regional sports networks, um, which the NBA doesn't want to do because obviously they're already going to be losing money when they start playing because there aren't going to be any fans um 
So if there's also the possibility of having to give back millions of dollars to the regional sports networks, then that is the only reason that would make sense as to why they would try to squeeze out the rest of the regular season. Because I, I mean, and I agree, I think they should go straight to playoff mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want Darius Garland to get injured again. You don't, you know, you don't want Colin Sexton to get injured for no reason. So, you know, there's that, but you know, money make the world go round. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, you have the MLB on the other hand Ugh. that <laughs> I know like so the, Brittany, you tweeted this, like it, it does like honestly feel like the MLB is like, they are really struggling to do anything right. It, like it, it's like the weirdest thing. This has been the MLB's brand for years. I feel like they just take something great and destroy it and then find new ways to make it even worse. So, like, now, again, we were talking about, you know, last week or the past two weeks or whatever, you have millionaires fighting with billionaires. Now they have this proposal that would, what, cut the salaries of the highest paid players. And I don't know what else. I I stopped reading the details of it all because it just, it just looked like something that Major League Baseball looked at. And they're like, you know what, this is a good idea. And then, of course, players the millionaires against the billionaires and now they're all fighting on twitter i just saw trevor bauer say he's like do you guys want me to talk about this or not like just do it or don't again take a stand sir i can't do this (laughs) middle stop so i I, half pregnant (laughs) have you heard that phrase before people use that all the time at work like you can't be half pregnant no like this is like britney this is britney's model right here like summed up in like everything you just you just can't be half pregnant no. you either are or you are you're in or you're out but do something it's like with my cat when i'm when i open a door and she just stands there like right in the middle of it it's like you either gotta come in or go out like you can't just sit here all day <laughs> so move and this is Major League Baseball. They will just find any way to make any situation worse. And it drives me crazy because baseball is such a beautiful game. It's America's pastime. And I, I genuinely feel I'm angry at Major League Baseball because it seems like they just ruined something special all the time. Yeah, the part that makes me the, the angriest is, is, is the owners. I'm always for employee rights, and that's because I've always been an employee and never an employer. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the part that makes me mad is the owners are always talking about how much money they're losing. And I'm yes. like, there's just, there's no way between TV contracts and merchandise sales and ticket sales and even, you know, concession stands in, and they, they don't even pay for their stadiums. Those are publicly funded stadiums. Those right. like tax dollars pay for those stadiums, not the billionaires. Like in what other situation is there something that's paid for by taxes that you have to also pay to get into? You know, like you don't yeah. pay to get into a public library. You don't pay to go to public school. So that's just, it's mind boggling that they get taxpayers to pay for their stadiums. And then they have all of these revenue streams and they are claiming that they're losing money. And then they've been harping on this narrative that they lose money year after year after year. And now they're using it as an excuse to cut, say, uh, like Bryce Harper's salary from 300 million to like 1 million, which, you know, 1 million, it's, we could do a lot of damage with $1 million. We know that, but still like, think about it. Like say, if that's like, if you're, if you make $30,000 a year and then your employer comes back and says, well, since I'm always losing money, I'm only going to pay you $1,000 this year. Yeah. You know? So that's the part that I get, like, I understand 
getting upset with the millionaires fighting with billionaires because a million dollars a year is more than enough than anybody needs to survive, you know, for a year. But the fact that these owners are constantly saying that they're losing money, there's just, there's no way. Like, well, I, I mean, I, they, they might be losing money and it's just, it all goes back to like Major League Baseball as a, as a franchise, what they do. Because yeah. again, they don't know how to market their game. They don't know how to make changes to their game in a way that, you know, engages fans and gets them interested again. Because there is a part of most sports fans, I think, that, you know, has this sentimental attachment to the game of baseball. I don't think that's gone anywhere, but, like, I'm not going to sit there and watch a baseball game in its entirety because it's boring. And I'm certainly not going to sit there and watch, like, an entire season in its entirety because I just can't stay interested. Because, number one, they don't do a good job of marketing their best players. There are people, like, you know... I don't know, like Mike. If I saw Mike Trout on the street, I don't know that I would know for sure that that that's yeah. who he is, and that's a problem. I would never have that same problem with NBA players or NFL players. You you just know, baseball does a terrible job at that. So if owners are saying, "Yeah, we're losing money, we're losing money," I kind of believe them. But again, I think that this is just a major league baseball problem, and they need to figure out a way to learn how to market to people better because they're losing everyone. Yeah. I'm with you guys. And Meredith, before we wrap up this show for the evening, I know you wanted to talk about the Euro League and Euro Cup because you think that this is definitely telling for what could possibly happen here in the States with our sports leagues, where I feel like everything is just, everything's just kind of continuing on. Like nothing has ever actually happened. Yeah. So for people like who don't know, because I mean, I don't pay attention to it, but the Euro League and the Euro Cup are like the international minor league and major league of basketball. So Outside of the NBA, the EuroLeague is the second biggest basketball league in the world, um, as far as I know. And they completely canceled the rest of their season. They're not crowning a champion. Uh, they also canceled their Euro Cup as well. And the reason I feel like this is so significant is because I think it's a little more telling as to what could happen in the States. Because if you look at the KBO, the Japanese Baseball League, and the Taiwan Baseball League, all of those teams are playing under one jurisdiction, whereas the EuroLeague is not. Now, in, in America, like, yes, we have our federal-level government, but we also have local governments, and, you know, people are playing on local jurisdictions. So, you know, one of the, um, like, challenges for, say, the Brooklyn Nets is they couldn't go back to their practice facilities until Andrew Cuomo said, okay, these are open, whereas the Cavs could because Governor DeWine opened up the state yeah. earlier. So you've got one team that couldn't go back and one team that mm -hmm. could, and that's kind of what happened, I believe, with the Euro League. So if we're looking at this league that had teams in different jurisdictions, for them it was too difficult to come back. So they just said, okay, well, we're going to completely cancel. And so I feel like that's a much bigger deal than people realize be for that reason, because we're looking at, you know, in all of our sports, they're all in different states and all in different jurisdictions, and all 50 states have to work together in order for sports to come back. Like, it's easy for Governor DeWine to look, to look at Ohio and say, okay, we did a really good job with, you know, social distancing and, and flattening the curve. Okay, so we're going to open up restaurants again. We're going to open up gyms. We're going to open up salons. You guys did great. Just, you know, keep up the hard work. Let's go. But then you have hot spots like Oregon or New Jersey or New York where they're not doing as good of a job. And so you can't, you know, say, okay, Cavs can come back, Indians can come back, but what about the Mets, the Yankees, and the Nets? Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's um, one of the one of the things that is is really really difficult is that all fifty states have to work together, and if they don't, then sports won't come back. 
And I think that's kind of what happened with the Euro League is that you didn't have all these countries working together, so they couldn't bring the they could not bring their league back at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is good, um, unfortunately, for the U.S. But again, like, I just feel like with how things are going currently right now and just people wanting things to get back to normal, I feel like having sports come back and or not go away is like the way to make people feel like things are okay. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I think if the coronavirus has a second wave, which I think it's very possible that it may, I think we could be essentially reliving like March all over again in the fall, Mm -hmm. which, you know, like we could be in the midst of an NFL season and essentially just have things like shut down because like, unfortunately, there's no way to stop the spread of this. Mm -hmm. And when you have 22 guys on the field at the same time, I mean, they can't be six feet apart socially (laughs) Um, and they're exerting bodily fluids. Like, I don't know unless, unless they can wear masks or, we talked about this infuse Lysol in the ball and keep everything 100% sanitary. Then I don't know how I don't know how it's going to work, but I, I think right now like everyone's just hanging on to this like little sliver of hope. And yeah. that hope right now is the NFL season happening and basketball and NHL and other leagues coming back. So I wouldn't be surprised um, you know, if the NBA manages to do essentially a bubble season in Disney. Um you know, if the NFL is looking at that and if we're, you know, come September, if we're in a spot where we can't have a normal, using air quotes here, a normal NFL season, even without fans, they might look into doing the Hub City thing as well. Because that's what the NHL is looking at is they're saying, okay, well, let's look at these eight to 10 cities as Hub Cities. And so then when you have these teams playing each other, they're all going to be in one city at the same time, as opposed to normal playoffs, where it's like, if you have say the Blue Jackets playing the Penguins in a playoff game, you know, you're going to be in Pittsburgh some games. You're going to be in Columbus the other games. I think for this, they're going to say, okay, every team in the Eastern Conference is going to be in, say, Columbus. And so they're looking at that. So I would not be surprised if the NFL also does either hub cities or or a bubble season because, you know, for them, and same thing with college football, come hell or high water, they want these games to happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this was a pretty uh, robust show today. We had a lot of, of sports to talk about. A lot of sports. Yeah, it was odd, actually. And butts. <laughs> and butts. It felt good. I like talking it about felt good. butts. <laughs> yeah, lots of butts at the beginning, lots of technical issues per usual. Yeah. But um, we thank you guys for sticking with us, as always, and for listening. Um, just make sure that you continue to subscribe to us um, via your podcasting platform. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, please be sure to download us, rate us, subscribe, and give us feedback. We uh, hope that we can figure out a issue-free way to deliver you content uh, via video. So we're going to figure that out. We, I keep saying that, but we're working hard. We are. And uh, we hope that we will see you live um, without echoes and without freezing. And we will talk to you guys hopefully next week. Everyone stay safe.